Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. Week one is officially over in the 2023 NFL season as we look back on the headlines from the first week of the season. I'm your host Andy and I'm this week joined by a first timer on this podcast. With me today is Detroit Lions fan Aaron Fletcher. How are you mate? I'm good man, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I think we can both look back as we can and be very happy for this because obviously I planned this with very. you last week at some point I said you come on and then you know obviously both our teams won in very exciting circumstances so yeah we're both it could be a lot worse for us both this week but we're both going into this this review of week one with a lot of um a lot of excitement and joy can't wait I really can't it's it's one thing to have the NFL season start and just the natural excitement of having the NFL season start but when you can win in when you win those close games and i think we've spoke before on another podcast about like some of the close w- w- would you rather win in a close circumstance or lose in a close circumstance or we right now i think we can both say fresh off it we can both say don't care just rather have the win um absolutely so I mean, just to add to it yeah it really is it's just it's one of those things where i would genuinely rather lose in a final or super bowl by 30 points then lose by a point because there's no what-ifs. There's no what-ifs then. I think winning-wise, I don't really care. As long as you get the win, I don't care whether we won by 50 points. Also, that is the dream. Um, I think the dream always is the ideals, if, as long as you can guarantee win, is to win on a, on a last second to a touchdown or last second field goal. You know That is the dream. But if you're going to win the Super Bowl or any sort of game, all you care about is getting a win and that's the most important thing. Um, so, before we do go into the results and the headlines from this week, We'd like to ask all of our newcomers similar questions. Um, so for you, Aaron, you're a Detroit Lions fan. What made you a Lions fan? So um, it's quite. Uh, there's a long story. There's a long and a short version of this story. I'll try and give the the closest short story as possible. Um, there's, there's kind of a few different parts of reasonings. One is I'm clearly a sadomasochist. Uh, I'm clearly a masochist. Um, I love the torture and I love the punishment. Um, for those who don't know, and if you do follow English football, I've been a I've been a Manchester City fan since we were absolutely god awful. Um, so I missed it after a certain while of us being really good. I missed it, and I wanted the punishment again every weekend. And then, um, but also, so I started getting into the sport about 10, 11 years ago through a friend of mine at university, and watched the season just kind of generally hoping to try and get into it and spend doing that thing that I think we've all done when we first get into the spot of kind of having that watching a half maybe and then going, no, I can't do this. This is too long. It's too slow with too many starts and stops. It's like rugby, but they've all got pads on. So I had my season of doing that, but actually going, no, actually it, it, it's good. I like it. Um, and just kind of getting into the spot. So and then that off season, uh, figured out. I quite like it. I'll, I'll, I'm gonna. I'm gonna continue to try and enjoy it because I feel like it's something I could. I could genuinely love. And kind of researched teams, looked up a bit about the history and things like that. And I've always found that being from being from Manchester, I've always taken pride in us being a working class, hard working city. We were the centre of the industrial re- industrial revolution. We were the centre of a lot of things. Um, but a lot of it being down to hard work, being working class and just kind of getting on with it and trying to do what we need to do, which is very similar to the city of Detroit, very blue collar, 
very hard working. And then you're looking at things like, um, so I kind of felt an affinity to the city. The city, both again, Manchester has as as great and as in, innovative as it's been. It's got an issue with um, pe certain people. Can you probably mention to you the name Moss Side? And you go around the world and say the name Moss Side, and people go, "Whoa!" Um, of which I lived in Moss Side for years. And there are certain parts of the city and certain issues that it does have that kind of override, I think, sometimes the success that the city's had and the implications. So there's a lot of that. What the other? They're playing blue. That's nice. That's always easy to start off with. I don't have to start liking a new colour. But then, um, I'm a I'm a sound engineer as well. So and um, one of the things I grew up on was hip hop. I grew myself up on hip hop, <laughs> and I, I'm white. My introduction to hip-hop was Eminem, let's just face it. But through that, I got into a lot of Detroit hip-hop. I got into, uh, with Dejloaf, Trick Trick, and big, uh, obviously Big Sean, Royce to Five Nine, all those guys. So then there's, again, an affinity to, through Motown as well. So there's a lot of a musical connection. And it all kind of really cemented that off-season when I did a gig. And I got too late for the short story now. I did a gig with uh, an international touring artist, um... Just, just a one-off. And half halfway through the sound check, he got off stage uh, to, to kind of direct his band a little bit. And I was just stood watching because I was like a student learning at the time. He walks over to me. And like I say, he's an international, sold-out European tour artist. And I'm a student just watching a sound check. And he comes up to me. He starts asking, like, what's your name? How are you? So what are you doing here? I noticed you, you've been helping with the sound engineers. Is, is everything like he spent the rest of the sound check and half an hour after that, every time I asked a question about him, he'd flip it to a question about me. And he was just the nicest. Somebody just really, really cared about who I was as a person, what I was doing, if I wanted any advice, any help from an international tour and artist. <laughs> I think he'd won, I'm not sure if he's won Grammys, but I know he's been nominated for Grammys, like very high level to what he was at. And he's from Detroit. So again, I felt an affinity to the city and the people. And then on a kind of final tip, as I was kind of getting really into it, Matthew Stafford, Calvin Johnson, say no more. And then that was the one of the years we had like an insane defense as well. So we had like Darius Slade, Glover Quinn, and Dominic Sue was dominating. And uh yeah, so long story short, there was like about five different aspects of Detroit that I've, I really felt connected to, and then the Lions just made sense. Amazing. That's an amazing story. And that is, um, yeah, I think, you know, it is one of those teams where there are lost in Manchester, and I think I never even thought about that. So it's um, amazing you brought it up, really. Um, now, we would normally, the plan was always start off this episode with talking about the Lions, as it was the opening game of the season, it's your team involved, yep. it's a tough win. But there's only one place to start. It happened last night. For, so last night's game was involved in the build and the Jets. The the Jets won with an overtime kick return touchdown. Now, this would normally, nine times out of ten, be the main talking point of any game. But the main talking point was, of course, the injury, which has now been confirmed as a season-ending injury for Aaron Rodgers after just four snaps as a Jet. Didn't even make a pass. Now, I mentioned in my TikTok last night that I was actually... Missing, I missed most of the game because I was in LA and when you're with friends who aren't NFL fans, you can't expect them to 
to watch all the time. So I was you know, doing things like the Hollywood sign, the Walk of Fame. So I came back about midway through the fourth quarter and I was watching, it was on our hotel, which is amazing because in the UK, you never get anything like Sky Sports or BT Sport or any other time. But every day oh. I'd watch the 10 a.m. on Sunday, I watched Brown's Bengals on, on CBS. So and then I came across this on Monday Night Football and I was thinking, midway through fourth quarter, where the hell is Aaron Rodgers? And then Zach Wilson was playing. I think it's just playing for a few drives. Is he doing like a one of those weird plays where they play the backup for a few snaps? Like um, sort of with, uh, I think it was Mariota, uh, the Raiders at times with Derek yeah. And then I looked up and I saw he got injured. And obviously that is the main takeaway that he's got an Achilles injury out for the season. The Jets did win. But for you, Aaron, just how much of a effect will this have on their season? And how badly do you think they could do now without him? I think it's a weird one. So, as as a Lions fan who spends a lot of time in NFC North stuff, and I've got a couple of friends who are Jets fans, he, he, all that was spoken about all summer was Aaron Rodgers and how <laughs> it was the biggest story of the offseason. You look at some of the stories now coming out yesterday about um, some of the people who were there who were saying, like, listen, no, there's never been a single, like, I'm sorry, like a transfer that's happened that's single-handedly connected a fan base and given them so much hope so quickly. And I don't see why, and I'm kind of leading up to it, I don't see, well, I do see why, I get it. Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. As as a Lions fan, I know all about Aaron Rodgers. For better and for worse. But at the end of the day, one thing I think we saw yesterday was, I think that offence is going to struggle a little bit. They managed to get into some sort of a rhythm in the second half especially. But quite early on, throughout the first half, they really struggled with Zach Wilson. And it annoyed me a little bit that they weren't focusing more on forcing the ball into Zach Wilson's hands and then allowing him a little... Okay, okay, Zach Wilson, you might want to... You, you might be willing to allow him a little bit of cushion. But I think one... Th it was quite evident that that offense is going to somewhat struggle for the most part, no matter how good they are. And yes, they're good. They've got a lot of great weapons other than Aaron Rodgers. But for, when teams start to force Zach Wilson into making plays, they're going to struggle, whoever the receivers are. One thing that I think is not going to derail them too much, though, is that defense is elite. And I mean, that defense is absolutely quality. When so when we're looking at how this could derail the season, I think there there are gonna be if it's a game where they go down to it being a shootout. I don't see them winning it because I don't see Zach Wilson being able to keep up with a shootout. However, in certain games, if you can avoid a shootout, it's gonna be because your defense keeps you in those games, and you just need one of those offences where it's just like anyone can step in, those easy, quick plays. Let's just get the offence slowly turning up. That run game is going to be a huge part of it as well. So hopefully, for the excitement of the season, it won't affect them too much. It means they're going to have to change up how they, how they style their offence and how they scheme the offence. But I think... With the defense the way it is, and the way they can hopefully use that run game with Brees Hall being back, hopefully it doesn't derail it too much. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, I'm going to obviously want him to do badly. Now, I don't know which injury on anyone. Now, I, I like Aaron Rodgers, so for me, I don't want to see anyone hurt. And you saw before the game, as you were alluding to, everyone was excited. I mean, there was 
Justin Timberlake was at the game. Um, I know his face, but I don't watch the program. One of the guys off the office was there. You know, Jade Paul was there, and there was a rapper. I don't know who she is. She had red hair. She was there. So all, the stars were there, and it felt like, from watching what I look back on now, watching the the pregame stuff, it felt like Hollywood was coming. A bit like what you're seeing, obviously to a lesser extent, but with Messi and Mammy, all these stars that like, go into these games and the money they're charging for tickets. So the hype was there. They put all the eggs in his basket, and you know, obviously he's not playing. But I think what we'll see is basically what we'll see last year. They'll win games because defense, as you're saying, because they went seven and nine with Zach Wilson, Mike White, Joe Flacco, and I think there was one more. I forget who it was. Now these aren't great callbacks. Now Zach Wilson could easily learn from Rogers. He may have some sort of thing, but from watching a little bit, I saw obviously saw the amazing catch with Gal Wilson, and he's going to obviously be a big part of that. But I think you mentioned, as you mentioned, we'll see Dalvin Cook, we'll see Reese Hall, and they'll be hopefully, as long as they're both healthy, winning them games for their sake. So. Yeah, I think the Jets will be fine, but I think that we talk about this division where it's arguably the best in the league. You know, the Patriots, I think, can still finish fourth and have a winning record. It's that good. And I just think that this may mean they finish fourth. But in the long term, of course, it could be a good thing. Of course, because of the clause in the contract, they had to figure to play an X amount of snaps and all, or percentage of snaps in order to. 65%. Yeah, to get the first one picked. So they're not going to have that giveaway now. And they're probably going to be, they could easily have a really bad season and finish with five wins, four wins because of Zach Wilson or wherever they bring in this quarterback and the centre. So I think it could look out like the Bengals when they lost Joe Burrow. They had a high enough draft pick to get Jamar Chase. I think this could be a good thing for the next season. And they could, you know, have the fifth overall pick or the fourth overall pick or even a tenth overall pick and get a stud on their defences to increase that or even another stud in their receiver room. And I think that could be almost like the Bengals, the best thing to happen to them long term. But right now, it must feel like must feel like the end of the world for Jets fans. I mean, look, at the end of the day, he's, what, 40 years old, 41 years old, Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to come back from a torn Achilles next year? Realistically, is he going to come back from a torn Achilles ever? Mm. And I think we... So as a Lions fan, we were worried about Tracy Walker coming back from a torn Achilles, and he's in his 20s. And how make even if he does come if 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 we'll come back, but he won't be what he was. You're looking at a quarterback who's forty years old. Yes, he'll have some of the best trainers on the planet, but I think what you might be looking at here is not getting if, if Zach Wilson doesn't prove himself that he's ready to take it on, even with because Aaron Rodgers will still be in the building. He'll still be hopefully there for Zach Wilson and trying to get him up to. And training throughout the year, but if Zach Wilson can't prove himself next year, there's there's no guarantee that Aaron Rodgers will come back next year, and he might end up retiring himself. <clears throat> so what what's the plan then? If if they get a low enough draft pick, it might have to be a QB. Could they now be in the race for Caleb Williams? Uh, what well, I doubt it'll be that much, but I don't think it'll. I think they might have to look in a. a new quarterback next year yeah really interesting stuff and i think it's a really interesting thing because the age factor as well and he is 39 40 by the time the injury is healed if it heals at all so yeah um that is gonna be interesting stuff now going from from last night all the way back to the opening night of the season which of course involves your team aaron the Detroit lions having a shock win over the chiefs now we had our predictions episode with freddie on week one preview and I actually had the Lions beat the Chiefs in, in week one. So at the moment, the table stands as me leading away with 
11 correct scores, I think it was, and Freddie with eight. So at the moment, that obviously will change throughout the season. But yeah, I had the Lions winning and they actually did do it. Now, obviously, you're going to have much more of a say on this than me. I thought personally the Lions were great. The run game was excellent. The defence showed up at times. The the, the punt on, the, the fake punt on early on the game of fourth down was really impressive. And I think that Jared Goff was really solid. And I think that I know Kelsey wasn't there, but even so, they beat the Chiefs, and that's you know that's not an easy beat even without Kelsey. They proved that they lost Hill, and they still did well. So, yeah, either way, what result that was for your team? Oh yeah, hundred percent. And look, I've you've mentioned a lot of great people who were fantastic for us in the game, but I do want to shout out our true MVP of the game in Kadarius Tony. I think he was fantastic for us on defense this year, uh, and uh, hopefully, I want. I know he won't be playing for us next week, but I really wish he was. So, but no, I think we displayed, especially in the second quarter, there was a clear lack, there was a clear scheme for Travis Kelsey. <laughs> and I think, I think we, I saw that, we were seeing that in the defense, in how they were skiing and the certain zones that they were trying to run. And, Ski, I feel like they were sp- scheming specifically to try and shut down Travis Kelsey. Obviously, only finding out the day before that he was out of the game and finding out the day before that that he might be out. Aaron Glenn has not truly changed, did not truly change the, the scheme for whatever they were going to throw at us. And we got caught out. So, I think the, the Chiefs' first touchdown was um, Ra- uh, Rishi Rice got caught between CJ Gardner Johnson and Brian Branch and it just the gap between them wasn't huge um the gap between them wasn't huge but he managed to expose right in between where they were and that lack of communication and some of those zone coverages were really weak um and not great at, at kind of claiming which I think was a lot to do with how they schemed ready for Travis Kelsey however I um, I think there, there were some some positives on the defense in the fact that for, for me, CJ Gardner Johnson looked like he fits straight in. I don't think he looks like he's played with the team for years. The tackling was immense. He was um, if you if you watch Hard Knocks last year, you heard Dan Campbell shout like, "What to the defense? What's the point of defense? It's tackle and pursuit and tackle, pursuit and tackle." CJ Gardner Johnson embodied that perfectly. It was if I if I looked and saw someone make a catch, I saw CJ Gardner Johnson there within seconds make a fantastic tackle to bring him down. Something that we've missed before. I'm looking at people uh, plays like Akuda, who just who couldn't tackle for the life of him. With all due respect to the guy, and um, Oruarie was really not. He was either getting burned or couldn't tackle or both, and. That those deep the DB room looks different. Aiden Hutchinson, say no more, say no more about Aiden Hutchinson. Um, and yeah, again, you look at offense. Um, Jimmy Gibbs looked explosive. Montgomery looked like Jamar Williams on steroids. Jared Goff, I mean, I'm on right again. Say no more about Amon Ra St. Brown. Everyone in the league now knows what he's about and what he can do. And Jared Goff was last year, he was a check down king. And he's always been known as a as quite a bit of a check down quarterback. He 
we, we we used to have in Matthew Stafford who could have a window of two inches and Stafford would be like, fuck it, let's go, let's try it anyway. Jared Goff would check down. I also felt like he was very comfortable last night. Uh, not last night, on, on Thursday night, throwing into tight windows. He's comfortable and confident when he's got Amon Ra in a tight window. He's got Josh Reynolds in a tight window. He's got... Um, so I think there, there was accumulation of a lot of things. Of course, it was a sloppy win. And at times, first game of the season, Jared Goff hasn't played a snap all preseason. Rookies look great, bit sloppy at times, but you can see where they'd scheme. We'd schemed ready for a certain game that we never got. The adjustments were made at halftime, and I think we're a far better team for it. Yeah, I think everything you're saying is completely correct. No, I do feel at times that week one can be anomaly. I mentioned before on our previous show that week one results shouldn't always be taken into account. Like, you know, I mentioned that the Bengals-Brown results and other ones like that. I don't think you can always, I think some teams are, some players are playing their first reps, proper reps since nine, ten months ago. So I think definitely that to be on the quarter side, but I think at the same time, to go toe-to-toe with the Chiefs on their Super Bowl, you know, they nailed the banner, you know, they were defending champions, they went into it as the favourites, even without Kelsey, to go out and get a win and beat them and show you can go toe-to-toe with, you know, a team like achieve For a Lions team that everyone's, not like myself, had them as a playoff team this year, you know, people think they could even win the NFC North, I think it's really, really, really important win for you guys, I think that'll be really important going into the rest of the season. Um, but moving on to Sunday, um, other results, before we go on to our next game in depth, the Falcons beat the Panthers at 24 points to 10 with a uh, Bijan Robinson showing his potential. Uh, the Cleveland Browns, I mentioned before, they beat the Bengals by 24 points to three. The Jacksonville Jaguars beat the Colts 31 to 21. The New Orleans Saints beat the Tennessee Titans 16 to 15. The 49ers beat the Steelers 30 to seven. The Commanders beat the Cardinals 2016. The Ravens beat the Texans 25-9. But our next game to focus on is the Buccaneers against the Vikings. Now, this was something again that I did, I did pick, um, in my predictions to Buccaneers, but you know, I had the Vikings winning the NFC Championship. I had them as my as my hot take for the season. I had them, you know, going away and surprise, surprise people and beating the 49ers, beating the Eagles in the playoffs. But again, it could be just week one, but I thought the Vikings looked terrible. Um, and then the Buc- big Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, again, could be just a week one honeymoon period, but I thought he looked good. And the Buccaneers, I think, showed that they can actually they can actually beat teams like the Vikings. But what was your take on on that game and just how bad the Vikings were? I, I quite enjoyed getting into some Vikings spaces and listening to some Vikings fans straight after. As an NFC North team, I, one of my favourite results of the weekend, other than the Lions Chiefs one, it was brilliant. Um, yeah, they looked awful and I don't think I think yeah you can say that there was a honeymoon period for Baker Mayfield but I don't think they look particularly good either um, listening to a lot of Vikings I, I was arguing this not long ago that the Vikings have lost a lot of pieces this year they blamed a lot of last year on Dalvin Cook and then said they upgraded after Dalvin Cook um, I think, I think we'll, we, can, we can take that with a pinch of salt at this point They've lost. Uh, they've lost a lot of offensive pieces that I think they were clearly missing. <clears throat> um, realistically, other than the Atterson, he's 
good, but I don't think he's an upgrade upgrade on Dalvin Cook in any way, shape, or form. Justin Jefferson, I mean, he's can we genuinely say at this point he's he's probably, if not, is the best receiver in the NFC. If not one of the best receivers in the league, I think he can be up there in the in the conversation with you, Tyreek Hills. Um for for being the best receiver in the league, I think it's is is that good, and he's the only real target for, in my opinion, he's the only real target right now for for Kirk Cousins to throw to, uh, that you can actually trust, and and get by with. There's not much else going on for them, and defensively, they just, I feel like they they was a little bit better on defense, but not great. Some of the coaching and some of the play calling was awful. And you can get away with it when you've got talent on your roster and you've got someone like Kirk Cousins who knows how to read a defense and knows how to read a play when it's going down and all that sort of stuff. But when you've not got the talent around you, the the bad play calling, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to bite you in the end. And last year, they got in way too many of those one-score scrappy games and, and came out on top and there's only so long you can keep that that momentum going for and then when you lose like a lot of talent you're going to be on the losing side of those yeah I, I agree and I think there were definitely times in this game where the Vikings almost beat themselves there was the I think um, Kirk Cousins fumbled the ball at a point in the game and there was a point before where uh, I think Joe Tryon managed to do a thing on defense against them. And you know, I think we mentioned before in the Fins Nation podcast when we reviewed the Chargers Dolphins games, it's going to be teething problems in week one. So I don't think we should write off the Vikings yet. I don't think we should properly no. go will fall in on the Buccaneers. I think that the Vikings, I think for me personally, can still have a good season. And I'm not going to remove myself from my, my hot take just after one result. But I think if they can, like they did last season when they won, they won a lot of close games, you could easily see it the other way and they could lose a lot of close games. I think this is from yeah. that forms alone, they could easily be a team that just loses games by silly decisions. But either way, you know, I think great result for Buccaneers. I think that in a weak division, I mean, you've got to take anyone you can get as well. And I think Baker Mayfield did enough for me, whilst not perfect, did enough for me to prove that he is the guy that can start for them through weeks 1 to 17 and 18. Yeah. And I think just just on on that note, real quick, we you spoke about some we speak about some of that week one stuff. A lot of these starters who've been in the league for a while haven't played a single snap since week eighteen of last season. Some of them went into the playoffs and have played throughout January, but they haven't played in August and they've only done training camps and whatnot since. I found that watching Red Zone and watch, I kind of flicked between other games and watched them a lot. I watched most of the Browns Bengals, but that was because a lot of my fantasy football this week relied on that one. I have a Deshaun Watson in, in one league and I have a, a, had a Joey B in another, which I'm fuming about because I benched him for Deshaun Watson in that league, fuming, and I lost by only a couple of points. But anyway, um, I'm looking at some of those and I'm thinking, the amount of those games that were scrappy, really scrappy and sloppy, and I think you, it's all there was a lot of week one this week, a lot of week one, if that makes sense. In the Jags Colts game, 
unbelievably scrappy. If the the Saints Titans game was unbelievably scrappy as well, and there were a few other ones where I think I don't think this is going to be the best week of football that we're going to get, and it it showed that may, maybe this three preseason game preseason just makes for a slightly sloppier week one. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I mean, that, that Bengals-Browns game was the first half especially. I think it's probably the worst first half I've ever watched any game. It was truly awful. It was punt, 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 punt. I believe it was literally 3-0 literally until right at the end when Deshaun Watson scored. And, you know, I was, you know, eventually that I was watching games in the hotel room at 10 a.m. And, you know, again, trying to get two, two people I've with into the NFL, one of them. I've, one of them wasn't really watching it. One of them was really trying to get into it. But she, she was subjected to the worst in football ever. So I don't think she's ever really... Because her plan was to watch the Dolphins game with me, you know, do all that. And I think now she's just completely put off by the sport because of that, of that one game. But yeah. yeah, a lot a lot of terrible games mean, you know, I think this is what it is. I think, you know, Joe Burrow was talking about it after the Bengals lost that we don't care about week one loss because I think really, realistically, it, does, it doesn't really foreshadow the rest of the season. It can sometimes, but I don't think you should really yeah. get... Excited or over underwhelmed by just one loss. I think that, you know, a lot of these teams that did lose week one will win. I think we'll see a lot of one on ones come week, come the end of week two. I really do think that we'll see a lot of teams on one on one. Occasionally, I think we'll see a handful of teams on two and oh, yeah. and two, but I think, I think there'll be a lot of teams that will be on one on one. Um, but then the rest think, of the team, oh, just, sorry, just on that though, as well. It, oh, sorry, I was just saying that Joe, Joey B and, and the Bengals always struggle against the Browns. But for for people like that, it it's a glo a glorified. It's an intense preseason game for them. It's a four quarter preseason game for him, and I think you're right. It's apart from the Lions, there's going to be a lot of one and ones, and rather than two and O's and O and twos. But we will be the exception to that rule. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> um, the rest of the Sunday games uh, before we go on to our final game in focus. Uh, the Packers beat the Bears 30-20, showed again that the Packers do sort own the Bears. Uh, the Raiders beat the Broncos by 17.16. The Eagles beat the Patriots 25-20. The LA Rams beat the Seahawks 30 points to 13. And in the Sunday night football game, the Dallas Cowboys humiliated the Giants with a 40-0 win. But the final game we will cover this week is the game that happened on Sunday uh, afternoon, or Sunday evening for those UK fans. Arguably, the game of the season already as the Dolphins beat the Chargers in LA by 36 points to 34. Now, before we do carry on, I have done a review of this on the Finns Nation UK podcast with Kadeem Simmons. So if you want to even more further in-depth chat about this game, do go on to that podcast. We can You can have a listen to that. But this game for me, what a game of words. I mean, I was at the game last year when we lost the Chargers in the same place and we were terrible. So for me, it was so good to see the team you know, actually be competitive and actually beat them. Uh, and the performance we had, I mean, Tua had 466 yards, uh, three touchdowns, one pick. Tyreek had 215 yards, two touchdowns. The defense run-wise were terrible. Couldn't stop, I think, without over 200 yards of rushing against the Chargers. Eckler had over 100. You know, Josh Kelly had around about 90 rushing yards, you know. But the passing defense at times is really good. I mean, the, the stops from Jaden Phillips and Zach Seeler towards the end of the game, really won us that game in the end and you know it was just all around what game was and it was so nice to see us win in one of those games rather than lose them but what was your take on that game as a neutral what it was a great game it it really was it was i think we were treated to 
arguably the best of Tua. Uh, up there with some of the best of Tua. I think we were treated to a great game by Justin Herbert. Well, a very good game by Justin Herbert. Eckler, I think, was it like a 70-odd yard run that Eckler went on? Finding some of those gaps was it was brilliant. I, I'm someone who does like the defensive side of the game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those kind of, I need it to be 40-odd, 40-odd for me to enjoy it. I love the defensive side of the game, but you can't go wrong with a game that feels a bit like a shootout and it's big play after big play after big play. But I think one of the things that I think goes without saying, but it does need to be said, well, not need to be said, but um, Tyreek Hill, end of discussion. Yeah, I mean, I said before in the Finns Nation, he's by far the most unguardable wide receiver league. I mean, if you get him in his stride, I mean, how can you stop him? And I think with... Jalen Waddle, we know him as well, and obviously those two receivers alone can just win you games alone. And Tyreek Kill is, I think it's not really a high bar, but he's by far the best receiver I've ever seen wear a Dolphins jersey. Now, I'm a big Kenny Stills fan, but Tyreek Kill is 10 times the wide receiver he was. And, you know, over 200 yards, two touchdowns. He is basically, he is our MVP. As good as two has been, oh, yeah. Tyreek Kill, he is a man. He really is a man. And I, I um, got a lot of love for him. Uh, on the field anyway um, and I, I think it's um, yeah, one of the forms that was and it was just good seeing to uh, win a big game because there's been as good as he's been the last yeah. season the big takeaway for myself and other fans was that he didn't win the big game in the 49ers game he lost he lost the Chargers game and yes he had the Ravens come back but for a lot of the game he was terrible and there was games against I think the Titans a couple of years ago when he lost to week 18 to get into the playoffs we always lost to the Bills by 40 odd points so it was really good seeing to uh silence some some critics i don't think he's got many anymore but i think he's definitely done enough there to silence it was shaky start there with you know the, the fumble and all that early on in the game but for me it was just really good seeing him in a close game perform when yeah. it matters on a third down in the fourth quarter late on and do the business i think look at last season and, and i felt i feel so bad for two last season that Given what had happened to him on two occasions in a very, very short space, two, three occasions in a very short span of time. I don't, last season, he wasn't up to it at all. And I don't think it can really be put down too much to like, oh, Tua wasn't this or that. Last season, it, it wasn't his fault at all. He's had a full off season now, he's healthy, he's ready to go at it. And I personally do think that like, if Tua stays healthy this year, that's the Tua that you'll get all year. If Tua can stay healthy, that's the Tua you'll get. And that's why, for me personally, everyone was talking about the Jets and the uh, the Jets and the Bills, who's going to take the division. Don't count out Tua. Uh, Tua with a healthy... And a, I feel like it should be illegal for the Dolphins to have both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill in the same team. I feel like that, that the NFL should do something about that because that's not fair for anybody else, especially if two was firing. I think I saw someone in the in the NFL UK, one of the NFL UK groups this weekend, uh, say something about Tyreek Hill, and they were like, "Well, all he's got is speed. If you match if you match him for speed, you'll be fine." And I was, <laughs> I think. I had to put my phone down for a bit and I was like, the response I'm going to get is going to get me kicked off Facebook again. Um, the man has a complete, complete route tree. Better than, I think the being biased a little bit here, I think Amon Ra has a pretty complete 
Routry, Terry Kills, I think he's better. He's got the speed, he's got the vision, the awareness, and the strength. So it's not just speed. Stop him if you can. Once you once you've got him there, it's it's not fair for a lot of people and for, for almost any DBs because and that's going to win your games because like I said, two are. It's not that I respect him and think he's a good quarterback. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL when he's healthy and and firing. And you give you're giving DBs the the decision to either mark to fully mark Waddle or fully mark Tyreek Hill. And if you whack your whole DB room on both of them put together, Tua's going to find someone else. Because it's not like the rest of your receiver room is dog-awful. You've got guys, other guys who can make plays. You've got... Um, you've got Kasiki and... You know, you, you, well, your wide receiver room and, and the, the guys with hands on your offense have they're not Kadarius Tony. So Yeah, I, I mean it's you know, I mean looking at the rest, I mean the next best receiver was forty yards and that was tight end doing Smythe. I mean, you look at, you know, it's not I think you know, you got Braxton Berrios, you've got Eric Kuzamana, I mean these are okay receivers in my eyes. They're not absolutely as you say dog awful, but I think that you know, hopefully, I can. I I hope this year and like last year, if that does happen, and both these receivers are taken out of the game by DBs, I think you hopefully you can allow on the run game, and hopefully you can allow on Raheem Mostert or Devon A.K., who actually proved it a little bit in preseason that you can do something with the ball in his hands as well. So, yeah, the excitement's there, and I'm really looking forward to seeing you know how we do the rest of the year. But you know, I'm fully aware yeah. that there'll be games where we play against much better coaches than Brandon Staley. So yeah, hopefully our defense. Does better against run, but at the same time, you can't deny just how good that was. And yeah. I mentioned the Bills and Jets game. Of course, the best thing for us was to build to lose that game because the Jets have been on these games now because everyone's just not been there. Whereas the Bills have gone injuries, so, so now they've got a loss t- uh, in the books already. I think that's a really beneficial thing for us going into the rest of the year. Yeah, and I don't think looking last night that the Bills, the, the likes of the Bills, the run game didn't look that strong. Mm. At all, it did not look strong. So, of course, you're gonna come up against like Austin Eckler's great, but you're gonna come up against equally very good, if not better, running backs. At some point, it is what it is. You've got to come up against Brees Hall twice, and what a game he had last night. You've got to come up and, and Dalvin Cook in the same in the same deep in the same offense you've got to come up against them you're going to come up against better running backs you're going to come up against um but you're also going to come up against worse ones and you, you're absolutely right the best thing you could have had there the jets didn't like i said they're not done this year but i think the the the, the division's out of the question now um but i don't see any reason now in that sense why you plug up those gaps a little bit well, I think I don't think the the division is now no long. It's no longer a question, or for me, it never really was a question. If Jets or Bills, Dolphins have to be in that conversation now. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more. And that is a great way to end the podcast for today. So, first of all, huge thank you to Aaron for coming on the podcast today. Um, for those listening or watching on YouTube or listening on Spotify, how can we find you on social media? 
So I did a little bit of a rebrand. So if you were following on a previous podcast, uh, I've had a rebrand since then and I had a little bit of Twitter hiatus. Um, but I'm back as Sam Guy Fletch. Depending on which platform you're looking at, someone talked years ago, Sam Guy Fletch, but hasn't used his socials in about five years. So the handle's been taken off there. So it'll either be Sam Guy Fletch or Sam Guy underscore Fletch. If the Sam Guy Fletch you find is in Texas, that one's not me. Um. So, and his first name's Fletch. Uh, his first name's Fletcher. My last name is Fletcher. So, um, Sam Guy Fletch on all the socials. Great stuff. And of course, you have got a podcast called A Super Work, which I've been a guest on in the past. It's a great podcast, all going into how UK NFL fans discover the sport and choose their team. So, if you haven't yet heard about a podcast, do check it out on podcasts and um, do give a look. Listen, because I've listened to everyone. Yeah. And I enjoy more. So yeah, looking forward to hearing the rest when it comes through. See, it's it's like it's like this, the opening question you have for this podcast, but on steroids. The because yeah. it, it's a great question, but I, I'm not that. I don't get into that much detail about anything else. We'll just carry on talking about that story and how you choose your team and all that sort of stuff. So if you like the first question that Andy always asks, you'll love my podcast. Amazing stuff. Uh, but yeah, this has been the Across the Pod NFL podcast. I've been your host, Andy Davis. This has been Aaron Fletcher. And we will see you guys for our next episode. See you then. Hey!